The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up on each week. Well, that's not what we say. It's a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything on everything. And on today's show, we are doing another AMA on air. Guys, don't hate me. I know this app is usually a deep dive. Trust me. I wanted to do a deep dive for you, but due to the jam-packed pre-recording schedule that I had... It was simply easier for me to do an AMA on air because I had limited time to record and I made the executive decision to drop the episode that I was going to do and do the AMA on air instead. And I hope it's going to be okay. I hope you still like it. There's still an episode dropping on your Sunday morning. So please, yeah, enjoy and don't hate me for it. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be back tomorrow and I can't wait. Let me just say, I'm recording this in December. When you're listening to this, it's January. I would have not recorded for over three weeks. And I want to cry recording this episode because it's the last one that I'm going to record this year. And what the hell? Why am I so emotional about it? Anyway, hi guys. How are you? (laughs) How has your weekend been? Hope it's been good. How has your week been? How's your first week into 2023? Usually we would do a highlight gratitude and struggle, but I can't see that far into the future. And so I can't give you one. I'm hoping that I'm at the beach when this episode drops. Maybe it's a nice summer's day and I'm down at Safety Beach, my favourite beach in Melbourne, or on the Mornington Peninsula. Shout out to anyone that lives down there because it's absolutely stunning and I will live there one day. That's just me putting that out into the manifestation world. But today we're doing another Ask Me Anything, another AMA. This is my hot take on some things, my advice. As always, this podcast is not a replacement or a substitute for professional mental health support. So if you need that, please check the show notes. I am also after your listener feedback. So if you haven't filled out the listener survey, please get into it and do that. If you are new here for the first time, hello. Hi, thanks for clicking on your safe space. I think I'll change the podcast artwork at some point this year as well. And boy, am I rambling. How did I get from what this episode is going to be to changing the podcast artwork? (laughs) Stay on track, Adele. Stay on track. This is the seventh podcast episode I've recorded this week, by the way. So if I'm a little bit unhinged, if I'm a little bit chaotic today, that's why. All right. But let's jump into it because we are going into AMA. Question number one, how to deal with attending events such as weddings alone and with no partner. And then in brackets, we've got Christmas, etc. Oh, I wanted to talk about this for a long time. Do you guys remember last year how I went to my friend's wedding? I think it was in October. I wore that green dress. Do you remember that? If you watch my YouTube video after that, you would have seen I came home from that wedding and I cried hysterically. I cried hysterically because I felt so, so incredibly single in that room. And it wasn't that anyone in the room did anything wrong. I wasn't trying to make the day about me. I didn't I didn't make a scene at all at the wedding. I enjoyed the wedding and it was beautiful, but I had this moment and I'm going to tell you about it. And it makes me want to cry still now, but we had, I think it was just after the first dance and they invited like everyone onto the dance floor to do a dance. And I was seated on a table with other singles, but like they weren't single. Their partners were like in the bridal party or they were in a pair. And so I was actually the only single person on the table with no partner there. And they invited everyone to go do a dance. And I was sat at my t- at the table by myself 
And I was just sitting there watching everyone dance and I could feel this lump just like building in my throat. You know that feeling like it comes up from your stomach and it just comes up to the back of your throat. And I just felt so sad. And I felt sad because I was like, fuck, like, this is what I want. This is really what I want. Like, I want nothing more than to find a life partner, than to have somebody really love me, really accept me, really be like my teammate in this thing we call life. And it just felt so far away from me in that moment. And so I get it. As your single gal, as your single friend, I get it. Going to weddings alone is pretty jarring. Having things like Christmas, New Year's, which we've just done single is a bit jarring. I think it's the same for like birthdays or like any big events. I feel like it's the same energy. And I feel like over Christmas, I noticed this as well in all of the AMA question boxes I put up, this came up so much, being single, navigating the holidays, things like that. And so I guess I'm going to give you a bit of my plan of attack, what I would usually do, because I think we're going to feel this bad feeling or we're going to feel these uncomfortable feelings and it's normal. It's okay. We're allowed to feel them, but I do think there are some ways you can help yourself through it. So I'm going to give you my tips. The first one is to have some self-care planned before and after the event that you're going to. So whether it's a wedding, whether it's Christmas day, whether it's a birthday function, whether it's something where you know you're going to be triggered, making sure that you've got that stuff that feels good, that picks you back up having that there in place. So maybe it's starting your morning with, you know, a journal session or doing a bit of a workout to get those endorphins coming. Afterwards, maybe it's also, you know, making your favorite cup of tea, running a warm bath, going for a walk, hugging your dog, doing something that you can give back to yourself and like fill your cup up will go a long way. The second tip is actually letting whatever emotions come up, come up. And I think it was really interesting for me that night of the wedding when I went home and it was it was a bit fucked because I went home, but not home. I went back to a hotel room where I was by myself. I was in Sydney for the wedding. So I didn't have Franklin there. Didn't even have my family there. I wasn't even in my bedroom, which is like a very safe space for me. I had no other choice than to just journal and let myself cry. And I did cry on my YouTube video, but guys, I felt so much better after I did that. And it was just nice to let it out. I let everything that I was feeling come up and I cried it all out. I wrote it all down. And I am a huge advocate for always feeling your feelings. And I'm a huge advocate for having a cry if you need one. If you are having these uncomfortable emotions, let them out. Let them out and write it down. And the reason I say write it down is because I then want you, when you are feeling better, and maybe it's the next day or maybe it's a couple days later, to go back and look at what you wrote to see what thoughts are coming up. Because for me, what I wrote down was that you know, I was feeling lonely or I was feeling like I really wanted a boyfriend or I really wanted a relationship. And when I was feeling better and I was out of that like heightened state and I went back to look at it, I was like, hey, this is actually showing me that this is what I want. And at that point I hadn't gone on any dates and I wasn't really open to it. And so it was a bit of a wake up call for me to be like, well, if this is what you want, Adele, you have to take action to freaking get there. You're not going to get a boyfriend and find your future husband if you're just staying at home and saying no to all the dates. Like it's not going to happen, right? And so for me, it was a good sign or it was a good way for me to learn what I actually wanted to see what was underneath that pain. And I'd recommend you doing the same. And then my next tip is to use it as evidence. And I talk about evidence a lot, but let the love in the room show you that it is possible for you Let that love show you that you can have that too. Let it give you hope. And look, both both things can be true. You can feel really sad and really uncomfortable and feel a lot of uncomfortable emotions, but you can also look at it and think from a different lens and think, hey, this is actually beautiful. I can one day have this as well. This gives me hope. Both truths can be held at the same time. 
I always tell myself, never lose hope. Maybe it's freaking delusion. I don't know, but I will find my person, guys. <laughs> and you're going to find yours too. I, I have full faith in us, okay? And then my next tip is, don't forget, it's a highlight reel. Oh my God, is she singing on the podcast? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> don't forget, it's a highlight reel. And I say this so often, I'm like, we never see the bad stuff. We don't know what's truly going on behind closed doors. We don't know if everyone in that room doing that dance is really that happy. Maybe they had a fight before they came to the wedding. I don't know. But guys, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Nothing is always as what it seems and keep a balanced approach. Sure, they may look happy and loved up, but we never really know if they went home and had an argument or if they've been fighting or on like the cusp of breaking up. Not the, obviously the people getting married because that's that we hope that they're having a long and happy marriage, but I'm talking about the other couples in the room, okay? Just keeping that, I guess, perspective there too. And then my last tip is if you need to remove yourself while at the event, it's okay to do that. That's just you enforcing your boundary. And for me, when I was sitting at that table, I felt like everyone in the room was looking at me on, on this table by myself. No one was looking at me. No one gave a fuck. But in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I feel like vomiting at this point. And so I just got up and took myself to the bathroom. And so I just went and took some selfies and I texted my best friend. I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be all right. And she gave me some self-soothing words in that moment. But if you need to remove yourself, do it. Go outside, go to the bathroom, take yourself away from it. It's okay to protect your peace to do that. And I just, yeah, need to remind you guys, don't lose hope. Okay. I know it's hard, but with that, try to look after yourself as best as you can in the situation. And I'm going to also say the more you do it, the better it will get. I think for me anyway, I hadn't really been to a wedding since pre-COVID before that one. And now that I'm in my late 20s, I feel like I'm going to be going to more weddings because my friends are getting married and things like that. So I feel like I'll build that resilience. I'll build that strength up as the weddings come on. And so next question, number two is, what are your best tips for waking up early? Firstly, guys, I want you to figure out if, if you are asking questions like these, or if you are wanting to be a morning person, I want you to figure out why. And I want you to figure out when you were most productive. Some people are going to naturally be morning people. Some people are going to be night owls. Some people are going to work best, you know, later in the day. Some people are going to work best in the mornings. I am naturally a morning person. I've always been a morning person. And before you even go into wanting to be one, I would say just making sure that the reason behind it is because you genuinely want it, not because you think you need to. And I know there's like this image online and I try not to I love being up early, but I try not to portray that image of like, oh, you've got to like, you've got to be up at this hour to like achieve everything. No, you've got to find what works for you. I would argue that my content tries to encourage you to find what works for you. I never want you to do something because I do it. Do what you want. If you're a morning person or if you want to be productive in the morning for you, amazing. I'm going to give you some tips. If you're a night owl, don't listen to this part of the segment. Skip ahead for five minutes. (laughs) All right. My tips. The first one is you need to actually go to bed at a decent time because there's no way in hell that you're going to start waking up early if you're going to bed at midnight, 1am, 2am. My rule of thumb is they say eight hours. I personally sleep best at like that seven hour mark. So if you can aim for that seven to eight hours and adjusting your bedtime first before you're even setting the early alarm, adjust the bedtime first because you definitely won't be waking up if you are going to bed at a crazy ass time. The next tip is probably the most important one. And this is the one that sets you up for success. It is to start slowly. 
So what I want you to do is just for the first week, consistently see what time you're waking up. Some of you might be waking up at say 9am, for example, or 10am. Maybe you want to wake up earlier. So what I would do is see when that point is, that that wake up point at, at the current point, and then set your alarm 15 minutes earlier and stick to that for a week and see how you go with just waking up 15 minutes earlier firstly. The reason that I want you to do that is because you will teach your, you will show yourself that you can keep your word to yourself firstly, which we love. We love keeping promises to ourselves. But secondly, when you move it in that small chunk, it makes it achievable. So you're more likely to succeed with it. It's foolproof. And then thirdly, you're actually more likely to stick to it because you start to build the habit. And so once you consistently wake up at that 15 minutes earlier mark, then move that again, 15 minutes earlier. So instead of 8.45, we're now moving it to 8.30, saying if we started at nine o'clock. And so keep doing that until you get to the point of the time that you want to wake up. And I have always done that, even when I've fallen off or I've like fucked up my sleep schedule, I check the bedtime first and then I do the 15 minute chunk, the alarm, slowly working backwards. My next tip is to put your phone or your alarm away from you on the other side of the room. Because what happens is when it goes off, you have to physically get up to go and get it and turn it off, right? And so at that point, once you're out of your bed in the morning, do not get back in. Do not get back in. Make it. Make it right away. Because once you're up, your body's like, okay, we're seizing the day. And that little voice in your head that's like, oh, get back into bed, like snooze it, get back into bed. No, (laughs) don't listen to it. Because that's my next tip. Do not snooze it. The first time your alarm gets up, I don't know what it is. I think I read this thing. It was like you have, I think, like five seconds for your brain to be like, yep, I'm sticking with this. Get up and stay up. And I feel like when I put my phone super far away from the bed where I physically have to get out to reach it, I'm less likely to go and sit back in and go and snooze it or go back to sleep. Getting out of the bed is the hardest part. And once you're up, you're up, which I think moving it away from you, huge tip, do not snooze it either. The next tip, I actually spoke about this recently on my YouTube, but it's sleeping with like your curtains up or your blinds up or open, whatever it is, because natural light will wake you up which I think is really cute. The sun wakes up your body. How sweet is that? The other option you can do if you don't live in a place that has an early sunrise, because I know that might be a thing for some people, depending on where you live. Queenslanders would not understand because I'm pretty sure you guys have early sunlight way earlier than the rest of us. But you can get a sunrise alarm, which actually puts light into your room as well. So if you want to close the curtains for like privacy or things like that, sure. But get a sunrise alarm to set it at that time so that that light naturally wakes you up rather than being woken up by like that asshole alarm sound. (laughs) And this wasn't a tip, but I'm going to say, make sure that like your ringtone or whatever your ringtone, your alarm tone, whatever it is that's waking you up is like a nice wake up. Because I feel like that really can start the day off on like a better way. And that's not really a tip for waking up. That's just like energetically. I don't want to be woken up by like this asshole alarm sound. I love being woken by the sun naturally because I just feel better when I open my eyes like that rather than being shocked when my nasty alarm's going off. And I think I've got a cute alarm on my phone. Let me just quickly check what my alarm tone is. So if you guys want to, what one is it? Oh, I use the reflection one. I'll just... That's what I use. (laughs) Oh, we don't want to actually turn it on. That's what I use. So if you want to use reflection, I feel like that's a nice one to wake up to. (laughs) And then my last tip is have a good reason why. And I spoke about this at the start, but have a good reason why you will get out of bed early. If you have a good reason why, you're more likely inclined to actually get out of bed. And I'll tell you what my reason why is. Because for me, 
I know that I am most productive in the AM. And I also know that by getting up early and moving my body, I'll feel better throughout the day to get those endorphins either from a walk or a gym. And I also have the why that it gives me more time in the day. You know how we're always like, oh, there's only 24 hours in the day. I wish there was more. Life hack is waking up earlier. You buy some more time, but obviously not at the expense of your sleep. So you need to make sure that you're still sleeping. I don't want to ever come on here and say, wake up really early. And then you're getting like three hours sleep because you're still going to bed late. So do the tips in that order and see how you go. If that is something that you're working on for 2023, start small. Start small. No need to overwhelm yourself and try to wake up two hours earlier than what you usually do now. Start small, go with that 15 minutes and see how you go. But good luck. And then question number three is, what has helped you create such a strong relationship with your parents? I would love a stronger relationship with my mum. And I really like this question. I feel like I've answered it partially in a different way with my parents in one of the mukbangs we did on my YouTube channel. But personally, what helped me or what changed our relationship for the better is when I moved out of home, when I moved to Sydney, that was the first time that I had moved out. And around that time, my family had gone through something super traumatic. I moved away probably six or seven months after my uncle had passed away. I've spoken about him a few times. And not that my family was in a bad place. We were all just, I think, pretty drained and exhausted from what we had experienced with that situation. And I was obviously ready for a new chapter in Sydney. And I moved away very naively in the sense that part of me was maybe running. I moved for a job, but I I can see now that maybe part of me was running at that point. But by moving out of home, it gave me a chance to appreciate them because I soon became quite homesick in Sydney when I was living away from my family. And don't get me wrong, I'd come home every so often before COVID and whatnot. And it was really nice because what happened is we were away and we had a chance to like miss and appreciate each other. And then when I would come home, we wouldn't argue because we had missed each other. And so it really just changed that dynamic. And I also want to say that like, yes, my parents are beautiful people. They are amazing people. My mum listens to this podcast, mum, I love you. And I think they are just genuinely the best humans in the world, but we are not perfect all the time. We are humans just like the rest of you. We argue, we annoy the shit out of each other. I'm super annoying myself. My dad will tell you how annoying I am. Like we still fight. (laughs) I think that's normal. I think that's okay. And I needed to just preface the conversation by saying that because I think that time apart definitely helped. And the other thing that helped is just me getting older as well. And I think them getting older too, because I feel like there's this really beautiful dynamic in our house, even with my sister, where we see each other as humans. And yes, we're still family, but we see each other as just like humans who are doing their best. And I look at my parents and I think, yes, of course, they're my parents, but they're just like these two humans who are trying their best. And I just appreciate them so much more as I age as well. And obviously there's an element there of me seeing them age. And oh my God, I feel like I've got a lump in my throat. Like I'm going to cry. And even with my papa dying, I was like, fuck, like life is short. And even with my uncle dying, I was like, fuck, life is short. Like I just want to make sure I never take them for granted. And I never do. I tell them all the time that I'm really grateful. I feel like we have gotten better at doing that as, as we've aged. And I think if I think about myself as a teenager, I was a little asshole teenager, especially when I went through puberty. I would be like embarrassed for like my parents to drop me off somewhere or I would be embarrassed to hang out with my parents. And now I'm like 29 years old and I'm like, can I, can I come to the beach with you? Or do you want to go and have dinner here? Or like, do you want to hang out? Or, and I love it. I love hanging out with them. They're my friends now. 
which I think that changed too because they went from like just being my parents to now being like parents, humans and friends as well. And the distance really did help us. Obviously now I'm back at home and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be there for, but I'm enjoying it and I still haven't gotten over it. (laughs) And even though we've argued plenty because we're in each other's faces all the freaking time, I think that, yeah, I've still been quite lucky. And so I guess what has helped me, there's a few things space. So if you still live at home and you want to deepen that bond with the people in your in your life, have the space away from the house. Give yourself a chance to appreciate them. Secondly, seeing my parents as humans, seeing them as not just parents, seeing them as humans and appreciating them for all their amazing qualities that they have and then spending quality time together, whether that's doing a fun family activity or whether that's, you know, doing things that they enjoy and getting to know what they enjoy and bonding over that. I think there are some really good ways. I will get mum and dad on this podcast and we can answer that question again, but I'm going to jump in to the last question, which is question number four. How big of a red flag is it if the guy you are seeing still has contact with his ex? And I'm going to say for this one, it depends because I don't think it's always a red flag and I'll explain why, right? I'm 29 at the time of recording this. I'm, it's definitely not my birthday by the time it goes live. So I'm still 29. I've noticed at this point with the men that I've been on dates with or even the men that uh, are around my same age, a lot of us may have some baggage in the form of kids with an ex, in the form of potentially like property with an ex. And I would say, especially if they've got a child, like they're always going to have contact. And I don't think that's a red flag. I don't think it's a red flag that someone has like that baggage. And I'm not, I don't, I don't want to call like a child baggage, but I think people have shit that they've gone through. People may have had families or lives before you as well. And I don't necessarily think that's a red flag. And those reasons or circumstances, I think are just normal and part of life and more common the older that you get and the later that it is in life. And so for that, that's not a red flag. Obviously, I don't have the context here, but I would say if there are no reasons like that, and let's say they follow each other, is that a red flag? Still no to me. Some of you might be like, that is a red flag. For me, it's not. And for me, it's probably more weird (laughs) than anything. I wouldn't call it a red flag. And it's weird to me because when I break up with somebody or when someone breaks up with me, I full, I just cut them off, cut them off, delete them on everything, block them everywhere. And it's like, they never existed, which is probably not the best way to go about it. Um, and maybe it's cause I'm an Aries. I don't know. But for some people, some people can still be like friends with their ex and not be weird about it. Some people can be fr- like cool with their ex and not be weird about it. And it not be like a red flag. I could never because I'm just like, that's not me. I couldn't be cool with an ex. Um, Once they're an ex, they're an ex. But I still don't think that's a red flag if they're like still following each other or even if they've still got photos up. Like that's part of their past. That's part of their history. That's normal. That's okay. I also want to say that there are some areas where I think it would be a red flag. And here are those. I think it's a red flag if they're like still texting or catching up. And I'll tell you a story in a second. I think it's a red flag if they've just broken up. And I don't want to give you timeframes, but if a guy has just broken up with his ex and he's still in contact with them. I don't want to say that you could be a rebound, but you could be a rebound and no one wants to be a rebound. It's not a nice feeling. And so that's a red flag for me anyway. And then the last one is if they are just talking about their ex in a really bad way, calling them crazy, calling them psycho, talking down about them, also a red flag. And so I know this is like still having contact. I don't know what the contact is. I don't have any extra context, but what I would say for you, this listener is look at the situation 
unpack it and see if there is actually something for you to worry about. See if it is going against your personal values. Because what I find as a red flag, you might not find as a red flag. What you think is a red flag, I might be sitting here saying, oh, that's not a big deal, but it could be. And so I would say you need to probably dig a little bit deeper, sit with it, see what's coming up, see if this is something to be alarmed about or if it's just like a bit of a miscommunication. And then if you are really serious about this guy, having a chat to him and expressing your concerns and communicating and saying, hey, I'm really starting to like you, but I noticed that, you know, you're still in contact with, you know, this person. What's that dynamic? What's that situation? And seeing if you can have a chat about it and seeing how he handles it after that. And I want to tell you guys a little funny story because it's funny now. We can laugh about it. But when it happened, oh my God, I wanted to die. I was with an ex and I had just been in a car accident, right? I was in a head-on collision. It was really scary. I thought, I was going to die. My life literally flashed before my eyes. And so obviously I got taken to the hospital. I was in a neck brace and I was, the car was hit at like 60 or 70 K. So it was quite fast. And the paramedics were really worried that I had like internal bleeding. I was just in shock after the car accident. There was no like physical damage to me. I had like a bit of a sore neck and they were really paranoid. So they were like, put her on a stretcher, put her in a a neck brace. (laughs) And so I'm in the hospital bed, right? We're at, I can't remember what hospital it was because I was in Sydney and I'm in hospital and I'm sitting there in this neck brace and my ex, who was my boyfriend at the time, is sitting beside me texting and I see a message come through from his ex while I'm lying there in a hospital bed and he's like texting her. And obviously I lost my fucking shit. I was like, dude, what the hell? And he texts her to say happy birthday. (laughs) And you know what, guys? I didn't even break up with him then. We stayed together actually for like a whole nother year after that. Or I don't know if it was a full year. We stayed together after that. But uh, his justification was that they were in a long-term relationship and, you know, they were still friends. And up until he started dating me, they would still hang out and they still genuinely had this friendship. He assured me that there was no, you know, shifty business and they just thought really highly of each other because they were together for a long time. And it was, it was like, Um, I think it was like seven or eight years or whatever it was. And they still had the same friendship group. And so he really didn't think anything of it, but I was obviously feeling insecure. And also I nearly died and I was like, why today? But it was her birthday. (laughs) It's so funny when I think about it now, but what would I do now at 29? If a guy I was dating or my boyfriend I was dating did that, um, I don't know. I would have to be in the moment. I'd have to see the context. I don't think it's always black and white, always red flag. This can't go on. But I just wanted to share that story because I think we can laugh about it together. And I might put up a post in the Facebook group about this episode. And if you guys have any tips for creating a stronger relationship with your parents or you have tips for waking up early or you have tips for attending events alone or you want to have some chat about how much of a red flag it is if the guy you're seeing has contact with his ex, we can chat about that in the Facebook group. But I'm going to wrap the show up here. Guys, this has been pre-recorded. I'm coming to you from December. It's now January. I hope you've had a good first week into the year. I will see you this week for back to normal episodes. Thank gosh. Thank, thank gosh you're all thinking but it will be back in real time the week of the 9th of Jan which should be tomorrow if you're listening to this episode but guys please join the Facebook group please follow our Instagram leave a review on Apple leave a rating on Spotify share this to your Instagram story and do the listener survey please I am so grateful for you all I will see you next time love you so much take care and yeah have a great week bye oh I would think I want to cry I think I'm going to cry, guys. What the fuck? 
I'm really sad because this is the last ever recording session of the year. Am I crying on the podcast? I think I am. I love you guys. Thank you. I know you're listening to this in January, but thank you again for the support this year. 2023 is going to be amazing together. I love you. I'll see you next time. Bye.